Hello everybody, this is Rob Fedoff, otherwise known as RPT with the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, coming to you from Gahanna, Ohio. Just want to say a thank you to my cousin Jeff Fedoff and Tim Ham for giving me this opportunity to host my own podcast here, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at P Fedoff, that's at P as in Paul. T's and Tom, H-I-T's and Tom again, O-F-F, Frank Frank. You'll see it on my screenshot here. Um, I'll be posting all my podcasts at that spot. Um, as you can see, this is going to be a podcast mostly about um, Notre Dame athletics. I'm going to throw in some movies here and there as I get more you know, comfortable with this. Um, but again, I know the, the bread and butter is Notre Dame football. We got plenty of time to discuss that you know, as we get closer to the fall and late summer. Um, so this first episode for episode number one, I just want to kind of focus on some stuff we don't hear about as much. You know, Notre Dame's women's basketball, they've been struggling the last two years, but they've had some great success in the WNBA. want to go over some statistics for that. Um, also, the NBA draft, uh, we had some Notre Dame tie-ins to that last week. Um, and then with baseball, um, it didn't it didn't end the way we wanted to with the college world series but just to get there that was that was um that was a fun ride um i don't follow baseball that much anymore however watching notre dame like the last two to three weeks when they upset tennessee that was that was an amazing um amazing thing to watch um but then again we lost our coach too so i'll get into that as i go over my notes here um again as we get into notre dame baseball right here their end in the College World Series ended last Tuesday, um, where they lost to, I believe it was, I'm looking at my notes here, they lost to Texas A&M. So again, Friday, we beat Texas 7-3, to but then we came back Sunday, we lost to Oklahoma 6-2. to um, Oklahoma, that pitcher, we just we just could not hit off him. So it is what it is. And then A&M, we lost 5-1. to We had our chances in that game. That was on uh, Tuesday the 21st. Um, and then I believe last night, I don't have it. I believe Oklahoma lost to Ole Miss. So had Oklahoma won, that'd have been two years in a row where we would have lost to the eventual champion last year in the super regional, we lost to uh, Mississippi state. So again, a great, a great season for Irish baseball, but as of Friday head coach, uh, link Jarrett, he left for Florida state. Um, I have his stats here. He played for uh, Florida State um, from 1991 to 1994, was a star shortstop for Florida State. He holds the uh, the NCAA record, I believe, for assists with 802. Um, he replaces Mike Martin Jr., who was fired. Um, all the best to Coach Jarrett. He did what – I mean, he did a great job at um, for Notre Dame baseball. However, that's his alma mater. I get it why he wanted to leave. Um, he said no amount of money would have kept him at Notre Dame uh, because he wanted to be closer to his family um, and be back at his alma mater. So I can't fault him for that, but uh, good luck to Coach Jarrett. There's been a lot of rumors um, who the next head coach is going to be. I've heard um, the prior coach, uh, I believe his name is Paul Monero. Paul Monero. Um, I don't put any good stock into that because I don't, I mean, he's been away from the game for a while. He left actually when we went to the World Series back in 02, the last time we went to the World Series. So we'll see how that goes. So again, that's just a little little brief snippet for Notre Dame baseball. Um, 
So let's 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 talk about um, Notre Dame women's basketball. Um, Coach McGraw, she retired back in 2020, and Niall Ivy, her longtime assistant, came to take over the program. Um, she was actually an assistant for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, again, she played at Notre Dame. Um, the first year was pretty rough. Um, it was a, again, it was a COVID year. They didn't make the tournament. They didn't do much in the ACC tournament. They ended up getting to the Sweet 16 this year before they lost to NC State, and they kind of pretty much blew that game. Um, I still have faith in Coach Ivy, but, again, it's just not the same right now. They've lost um, – and some future um, podcasts, I'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, but they've lost some – they've lost uh, some girls to the transfer portal, the big one being Sam Brunel. She was a five-star recruit back in 2019, I believe. And her career, let's just put it bluntly, has been a disappointment. I don't know if it's just injuries, attitude. She came off the bench this year, but she ended up transferring to Virginia. Um, and, again, I'll get more into that in a later podcast, but uh, there's been some more um, transfers, and they've had to go out to the transfer portal to have a pretty much enough to – to yield a team with, you know, a bench. So again, that'll come for a later broadcast. However, um, Coach Ivy's son, Jaden Ivy, who played for Purdue the last two years, how Coach Bray never got Jaden is beyond me, but I know he probably wanted to make a name for himself. But he was, um, as I go over my notes here, he was, uh, he was picked number five by the Detroit Pistons in the NBA draft last Thursday. He averaged 17.3 points per game. Um, South Bend kid, I think he's actually, they actually lived in Mishawaka, but, um, to me that's South Bend. Um, and then also our own Blake Wesley from South Bend as well for Notre Dame, the first one and done player for Mike Bray. So think about that, you know, with the Kentucky kids that go one and done all the time, you have coach K changed his total philosophy, total philosophy, um, uh, you know, he pretty much had three, four-year kids, but in order for him to compete, he had to start doing the one-and-done as well. This is the one-and-done, though. As much respect I had for Blake, he did average 14.4 points per game this year. He was picked number 25, round one, by the San Antonio Spurs. I, I'm, He should have stayed another year. He was not ready. Um, not that one person can lose a game, but to me, he pretty much lost that Texas Tech game in the second round of the NCAAs that would have gotten us to into the um, uh, Sweet 16. Um, I don't think he was ready. I think he's going to be probably in the G League for the first two years, but, um, you know, shocking. I mean, uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong with these, and I've been wrong before, but he really, um, he needs some fine-tuning. He was, like I said, probably one of the best athletes I've seen for Coach Bray. To create his own shot, you know, dribble to the basket um, to get easy shots, but he missed a lot of those easy shots. Had a lot of turnovers. Was a very inconsistent free throw shooter. Again, I thought he needed at least another year um, for some fine tuning, and then you know, see what he could do um, and test the NBA waters. Would have been nice to see him um, and this recruiting class that was coming in. Um, again, I'll get that into that in another um, podcast. Um, because we have a really good point guard. I'm just I'm just not remembering his name right now. I'm usually pretty good about that. But again, that'll come for a future podcast um, as well. So having said that, like I said before, um, Jaden Ivey, who, who I mentioned before, he went to Purdue. He, um, 
his mom is now the head coach at Notre Dame, and she's a longtime assistant to Coach McGraw. And um, he was pretty much – he was raised by his mom, single mom household. But a lot of his mentors were girl, were the ladies from the women's team. You know, you got Arika Agunawable. I can never pronounce that name correctly. I'll just say Arika going forward. You know, Skylar Diggins. Um, as I look to my notes here, uh, we had – Jackie Lo- or Juloy, I'm sorry, Jackie Young. Um, as I look at the to my right here, the NBA stats, which you're going to be kind of, it's kind of eye opening how much talent Muffet McGraw had, and how much I mean, she just so many Final Fours, so many. You know, I mean, if they did not make it to the Final Four, that was considered a disappointment the last ten years. But again, he like I said, Jaden was pretty much raised and taught by the the women's basketball team and again that kind of just shocks me being around the notre dame program i know it was the women's team and not the men's team how coach bray just could not um rope him in uh for at least one or two years um but again it just goes to show you what a great program coach mcgraw has and hopefully uh coach ivy can continue that as well um but just to kind of show you to back up my point, I'm looking at the WNBA. I know WNBA is not the NBA and it's not as popular and it gets it gets some bad publicity at times, but I just kind of wanted to show you how how much of a, a, a great, you know, teams that Coach McGraw had. So if I'm looking at NBA stats right now for just points, and there's Brianna Stewart. Big time player from UConn. She's the leading scorer in the WNBA now at 22 points per game. Then we have Kelsey Plum. Number three is Arike Agunawable. Again, I'm just going to say Arike because it's too hard for me to pronounce. She's averaging 19.5 and is the third leading scorer in the WNBA. Then we have Kelsey Mitchell. She was great at Ohio State. Uh, she's fourth at 19 points per game. Skylar Diggins-Smith, we all know that name. Again, she she showed Jaden the ropes um, when he was a little kid um, when he would go to practices with his mom. Um, Skylar Diggins-Smith is averaging 18.9 points a game in fifth. Then we have Jackie Young in sixth place, another great Notre Dame player who left early after her junior year. She's at uh, – where my cursor's off here. She's at 18 point – no, I'm sorry. She's at 18.3 points per game. Then you have A.J. Wilson, um, another name I cannot pronounce, Tina Charles, uh, Sabrina Adescu, I think I pronounced that right. Great um, great player out of Oregon. And then right outside the top 10. So if I'm looking at this right, we have Enrique, Skyler, Jackie. Three out of the top 10 are from the Notre Dame women's team. So great job, Coach McGraw. But just right outside of that, in number at number eleven is Jewel Lloyd at sixteen point six points per game. So four out of the eleven high scores in the WNBA are from Notre Dame, from Coach McGraw's teams over the past you know, that'd be ten years. So again, just a shout out to Coach McGraw women's basketball at Notre Dame. Again, they've been kind of struggling the last two years. I think COVID has something to do with that. But then their last, uh, in 2019, when they lost to, I think, yeah, they lost to Baylor by one point when Enrique missed the one and one. You know, she hit those two great shots the the year before that here in Columbus, Ohio. 
and she's probably going to remember that missed free throw that she had. But anyway, that team was gutted after that. She lost all five starters were gone because they had four seniors on that team. And then again, Jackie, Jackie Young actually you never really hear about women leaving early for the WNBA, but she did. And I don't blame her because that team was just gutted. Um, and then again, the, the high recruit Sam Brunel, who now transferred over to Virginia. Um, and again, I'll get into that a little bit later in future podcasts. Um, uh, she really didn't turn out what we were thinking she would. So again, four out of the 11 top scores in the WNBA are from Notre Dame. So I digress from that point. So just looking off my notes here, um, again, I just kind of wanted this focus kind of a potpourri of Notre Dame. We'll get into the football aspects down the road. Um, and I will, for each podcast, I'm going to say how I feel the football season is going to go. So real quick right now, I mean, we got a new coaching staff who I think is the potential for a great coaching staff. Um, but with this year's schedule, just putting everything together and just what I know, I don't know enough right now with Tyler Buckner. He played a little bit last year, was but it was just in running situations. I, I There's too much of the unknown right now. Maybe we'll have more known uh, before the big game with Ohio State, which I think could be ugly. Uh, I believe it's September 3rd, uh, Labor Day weekend. I'm saying right now, for one, I think that's going to be a loss. But I think right now, best case scenario, nine and three. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for that and think, you know, what are you thinking? Just right now, like I said, it's just right now, nine and three. That may change before the season starts. And as the season goes on, and if I see something different, I may say 10 and two, 11 and one, based on how the season's going. If not, I, it may go the other way. I may say eight and four, seven and five. I hope to God that's not the case. But right now, I'm saying nine and three. Um, again, uh, good luck to Coach Kelly. I don't like the way he left, but should we be surprised? He left the same way when he was at Cincinnati. So, again, I, I'm not faulting Coach Kelly for leaving. I don't like the way he did it. I think he's in for a rude awakening down in SEC country where he's got to play Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, compete for an SEC title. We'll see how that goes. So, um, but again, I, I hold no ill will against him, but I love the hire of Marcus Freeman. Um, I followed him like the last two years when he was prior to coming to Notre Dame, he was at Cincinnati. Um, we kind of opened up the checkbook for him to come to Notre Dame, which we typically do not do that. Um, he knows that you really have to sell Notre Dame. It's not like, you know, the old days where Notre Dame sold itself. You really have to get out there um, and find these kids. There are smart kids. Um, that are great athletes that want to go to Notre Dame. That's probably one of my biggest, you know, um, criticisms of Brian Kelly. He thought he couldn't get some of those kids um, and would just give up. You know, Marcus and staff, or Coach Freeman, I should say, and staff are really going after these kids. Um, they're not saying just because of grades, we can't get them. So there's, there's smart kids out there. There's great athletes uh, that are smart kids. Uh, you just have to put in the time, and they are really doing that. Now, the biggest question is, can he coach? Um, he had great defenses at Cincinnati. The defense was coming along pretty good last year at Notre Dame. Was, he kind of switched some things up um, from Coach uh, Clark Lee, who went to Vanderbilt. So he that that was gradually getting better. But from what I, I don't want to just you know focus you know on what he did on the Fiesta Bowl. We were up by twenty one points, and then pretty much just just crapped the bed pretty much at the end and gave up that big lead. If he would have said you know we were up by you know twenty one. 
you know, right before the half. And I forget, like, the, I think the final score may have been, I know we lost by two. I think it was like 37 to 35. If you had told me we had scored 35 points prior to the game, I would have said, yes, we're going to, we're going to win uh, regardless. But um, I think with him being so young, I think he just turned 36, you know, coach Mike Gundy, you know, he's been around the block. He kind of, you know, showed the younger guy, um, experience pretty much won that game. So, uh, like I said, I, I don't want to throw it all in that, um, one game, but coach Freeman just kind of looked a little bit puzzled during that game. And that's just, just a concern. Like, is this going to be a learn as kind of on the job learning pretty much because he's so, cause he's never been a head coach. He's been a coordinator, um, but never a head coach. So is he just going to learn, learn on the fly, um, for this first year. But again, I think that the, the program's in a great, uh, great situation right now. Like how it's going. I was at the spring game, and the atmosphere. I haven't seen the atmosphere that gung ho. Uh, told a lot of enthusiasm. I haven't seen that in a while. And as I go over here, I'll show you. I was here's the actual shirt. Probably everybody's seen this. This is the front of the shirt. This is Notre Dame football. I was actually with a buddy of mine the night that Coach Freeman. Um, introduced the shirt so that was the first for me because i never been, i've been to tons of notre dame games but never a spring game and then here's the back right here so pretty basic which i like not too busy but here's the 2022 shirts for notre dame and you can go online to get that it's like i think it's like 25 bucks and they have long sleeve ones they have one for babies toddlers um you know i don't think they have tank tops though for that so so again, just looking over my notes here. Again, we discussed baseball. We discussed, you know, uh, Notre Dame women's basketball, um, Notre Dame women's basketball in the WNBA. How great of uh, those teams Coach McGraw had, um, and then to so right now. And again, this will be for every episode that I have. This is going to be just kind of you know as I think of more and more movies to present. So this this is sports pro podcast. There's tons of sports movies. And there's always these obscure sports movies that I think are really good that no one has, has really ever heard of. Um, so you're never going to hear about Hoosiers in this. Obviously, not Rudy. Those are well-known, you know, sports movies. But there is a movie. It's actually a tie-in to Notre Dame. As I look at some, my next to my screen, I'm going to read a short summary of this. And the movie was out in 2015. And it's in it's on every streaming service right now. Um let me look at that first. So you can get this. You can get this. Let's see here. And, uh, okay, here we go. As that pops up, again, kind of having this uh, uh, internet issue right now where it's not. And I may just check my phone later too. But you can get this in battle on any streaming service. Um, like the pay. Oh, here we go. It finally popped up. My apologies. So you can get this movie I'm just about ready to talk about. Um, you can get it on Apple TV, $3.99, Amazon Prime for $3.99, Google Play, $3.99, YouTube, not YouTube TV, like the regular YouTube you go to to watch videos or whatever. It's got the white um, application, like if you have a Roku. It doesn't have, it's the white background, not the black background. Um, that's $3.99, Voodoo's $3.99. Um, Microsoft, Redbox, DirecTV, or just me, go to the library and it's free. Um, so if you're in central Ohio, they do have it. Um, 
I got that pretty quick. No one out like I said, these is these are obscure movies that not many people have heard of. Um, they are pretty much out in the theater for two seconds, but I just kind of want to give someone I said I'm a big movie buff, but some movies you no one has ever heard of that are pretty solid movies, at least in my opinion. So this movie here is called My All-American. Again, this came out in 2015, and here's just a brief synopsis of it. Um, My All-American is a 2015 American biographical drama sport film based on the life of college football player Freddie Steinmark. The film was written and directed by Angela Pizzo. If you don't have never heard of that name, he was a screenwriter for Rudy and Hoosiers, and he wrote and directed this. So that's how I, I, I was just there during COVID when there wasn't much to do. I was like, well, I knew that team of Angelo Pizzo and David Ansball, who's the director to um, Rudy and Hoosiers. He didn't direct this, just Angelo did. Um, I was like, what else have they done? And this was one of them. And um, they pretty much tag team. But like I said, David Ansball wasn't a part of this one. So this is how I ended up uh, watching this. You know, it had sports and it had those, or at least Angela involved in this. Um, so it is based on the book Courage Beyond the Game, the Freddie Steinmark story by Jim Dent. The film stars Finn Whitrock, Sarah Bolger, or Bolger, Robin Tunney, and Aaron um, Eckhart. Um, the film was released on November 13th, 2015 by Clarius Entertainment. And the film coincides with the 2015 biography, Freddie Steinmark, Faith, Family, and Football. Um, so I, you'll recognize Finn Whitrock at the time. He wasn't um, uh, a mainstream actor at the time, but I've seen him in some um, other like Netflix shows and stuff like that. But the big one in here is Aaron Eckhart. Um, it, for those who don't recognize that name, if you've seen The Dark Knight um, with Heath Ledger, who played the Joker where he won the Oscar, um, Aaron Eckhart plays Harvey Dent, um, or otherwise known, and he turns into Two-Face. Um, great performance by him during the, he's a he's a big time character actor you've seen one if you do watch this movie you'll see you, you'll recognize this guy he's he's a great actor one of his um first like big roles he played the boyfriend or love interest to julia roberts and aaron brockovich he doesn't really look the same he was kind of a he had the he was a biker guy in that movie so he had long hair um i didn't recognize him at first but um he was in a uh, kind of a indie cult classic. Thank you for smoking. Um, but again, he's been in, in tons of stuff. Um, but again, most most notably, you'll recognize him from The Dark Knight as um, Harvey Dent. And like I said, he did a great performance in that. But obviously, it was overshadowed by Heath's um, Ledger's performance as the Joker. Um, and then Heath died, and then he got the Oscar. And so pretty much... Um, Aaron took a, he did get the recognition he should have. But again, not to give away too much of the movie of what I already said, but this does have a Notre Dame tie-in to it. It's not like a great tie-in. Um, the guy, like I said, the Freddie, yeah, Freddie Steinmark, he actually wanted to go to Notre Dame. He's from Texas. All he wanted to do is go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame said he was too small, so he ended up going to Texas. So for all you Texas Longhorn fans, um, there's a Texas um, tie-in to this movie. And then Again, not to give away too much on this, um, I didn't know Notre Dame really didn't play in bowls back in the the old days, like the 50s and 60s. They pretty much finished their season, waited for the polls um, to see what their ranking was, but they really didn't go to bowls back then. But however, 
I think the year was nine, it was in the 60s for this one. They do go to the Cotton Bowl, and they play Texas, and Freddie's playing in this game. And I will give away this. Texas ends up beating Notre Dame in this. So, again, it's got a Notre Dame tie-in, not a great one. You know, they, they didn't um, – they didn't recruit this kid because he was too small, but he ends up uh, uh, playing for Texas and having a really good career. However, tragedy does strike. Um, he ends up getting uh, cancer. And again, I don't want to give away too much of this, but again, it's called My All-American. It's from 2015. And um, again, stars Aaron Eckhart. And it's again, another obscure um, sports movie that I think is great to watch. And we'll get those from time to time as I do more of these. Um, and again, I'm, I'm trying to put podcasts together where we have like relevant material. I just don't want to come in here to say, this is what I think of Notre Dame this week and that week. I'm going to have, you know, absolute material. This, I'm just checking my time now. This one's going to be pretty much a longer one. Um, again, just trying to explain what this podcast is about, but they'll range between seven to 10 minutes. Cause I'm going to have more uh, focus of just one topic, uh, going forward. And then if we have the, the movie to put in there as well. Because I have about two more movies that uh, that I'm thinking of um, as we speak right now. So again, thank you for uh, for uh, watching this tonight. Again, my name is Rob Fedoff. You can uh, reach me at Twitter at P Fedoff. Again, it's at P is in Paul. And then we have Fedoff T is in Tom H I T is in Tom again O F F Frank Frank. Um, again, thanks to my cousin Jeff Fedoff for um, giving me this opportunity, and for Tim Ham, uh, Tim Ham as well for this. Um, again, as I sign off, this is episode one of the Fighting Irish Daily um, Daily Blitz. Again, that's Fighting Irish Daily Blitz for episode one. This is Rob Fedoff signing out, and as always, go Irish. <laughs>